Full disclaimer here, I do it too. I've done it all season. Ever since T.J. Watt got hurt in Cincinnati, I thought to myself, oh, there goes Alex Highsmith. Won't see him again. We've all done it. Today is the day, my friends, that we repent. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. The football team was back at practice yesterday on the south side. And before they took the field... Alex Highsmith, not TJ, Alex, was selected, honored as the AFC's Defensive Player of the Week. Normally, those things don't make for the most compelling headlines in our business. When Minka got his, going back to that same week one game that I just referenced, it was, oh, well, yeah, Minka got it. Of course he did. When TJ does something, he gets it, and all you think about is, well, yeah, right, sky is blue. But this was the first time that Alex had been honored in such a way. This is the first time he's won one of these. And, you know, he doesn't get a whole lot of acclaim. And I'm not just talking about from uh, the league level or anything national. I'm talking about around here. Is there anyone, anyone who follows this team closely, who could look at Alex right now and say with a straight face that they've considered him throughout this season to be one of the better performers, a premier performer at his position. I mean, you can say it, and I hear you, but no. (laughs) I've been there all along, not just when things are good. And they've been really, really good. This past Sunday against the Saints, Alex sacked Andy Dalton twice for a combined 17 yards in losses. Had a nine-yard strip sack, although that was recovered by Dalton. And he had five tackles, three of them solo stops, uh, and, of course, that forced fumble that comes with a strip sack. That's pretty nice. Add on to that now that his season totals have him at eight and a half sacks, tied for the fourth most in the NFL. He's got three forced fumbles, which is tied for second most. And over his last 12 games, if you go back to last season, he's got 11 and a half sacks. And that's, you know, there aren't many positions in professional sports that you can reduce to a single number. But when you're operating in a 3-4 defense and your main job more than anything else is to pin your ears back and get to the quarterback, that's pretty significant. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect, rigor, relevance. That's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. Here's what Alex had to say yesterday on the South Side uh, after getting the word of his AFC honor. 
Um, it's cool. Um, you know, I think the most important thing, you know, we got to win this past Sunday. Um, so, you know, we got a, a big, big week ahead of us with the Bengals. And so I'm just looking forward to, um, you know, continuing um, to practice and continuing to, to get ready for this game. So we've had a good week of practice, good day of practice today. And so uh, we know they're a tough opponent, so we just got to get ready for them coming up. And that's the other thing about this young man. Uh, he does not forget that he came from a smaller college program in Charlotte. He does not forget that expectations for him, even upon arrival, weren't seen as very high. He was going to be the guy who would replace Bud Dupree, but really couldn't replace Bud and was never going to be as dynamic as Bud. And I'm not making fun of anybody who said this because I said it too. And this is what he's become. This is, to his credit, he's not super exciting. He doesn't have some big fancy uh, kick to do to the crowd after he executes a sack, but he's making all the plays. Now, now, I can say everything that I've just said and also say and mean this. Having TJ back makes a difference for him too. And Alex talked about that as well without being prompted because it happens to be the truth. Three of Alex's sacks came in that game in Cincinnati, two more in this one, and he had 3.5 and all the rest. Why? Well, it's not so much that New Orleans or Cincinnati would have, uh, you know, s- schemed something tricky or doubled up on TJ. Most teams don't do that, which is something that I really don't understand. But they are aware of him, and they have to pay attention. The quarterback in particular has to pay attention. And if Alex is playing at his best, and he's got a quality bull rush, which is his main thing, he's also got an elite spin move to the inside that he uses a handful of times per game, he'll find a way to get back there himself. Oh, And the other thing that he'll do, also not something that's going to get a whole lot of recognition, he's a stout run defender. He will seal the edge on his side. And he's learned to do that way before Bud did. Bud was raw for an awfully long time. Bud would just kind of flail. Bud was just flying all over the place looking to wreak havoc, which he did. But he wouldn't get numbers for it because he would just go Tasmanian deviling right past somebody 20 yards downfield. Highsmith's been way more in control. And again, because of that, we're all less likely to appreciate what he's doing. And that that's just got to stop. This is a very, very good football player. The Steelers could still use... Another impact guy at this position because they do the rotation. Uh, They rotate, in fact, at OLB more than at any other position on either side of the ball. Malik Reed's not the answer. They're going to need somebody else. But this is also part of what I mean when I say you want to see players mature and show themselves for better or even for worse so that you can make the best decisions going into the 2023 season. If you're the Steelers and you had an edge rusher that you could take, would you now? Meaning in the draft. If you had an edge rusher that was available to you through free agency, even if you liked the price, is that where you'd put your cap space? See what I mean? When we come back, J1Q.
edition of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. They are the one, the only, the premier destination in Pittsburgh for craft beer. More than 500 craft beers available, more than 350 of those local, and more than 80 of those on tap. Mike's can't be topped, not for beer, not for the awesome kitchen and menu that's available, not for all the special events that are going on there. Check them out online at mikesbeerbar.com. Mike's Beer Bar, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Today's J1Q comes from Greg, who says, DK, it seems like Mike Tomlin has been surrounded or has surrounded himself With a weak coaching staff for a long time now, he seems to prefer yes men, which has garnered him exactly, what, zero playoff wins in forever? 11 years? I guarantee the most important thing on his mind currently is his claim to fame of no sub-500 seasons. No. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. That was my answer to Greg. No, it, it's just not. I'm sure that it's a point of pride. But this thing that gets brought up relentlessly, and can I just like completely speak my mind here? This isn't aimed at you, Greg, because this isn't where it starts. This is this is just talk show crap, man. That's all this is. Uh, I'm not saying that I'm the be-all and end-all of this. I'm not. Okay, I'm a writer who does podcasts by day. All right? That's it. I don't claim to be better or worse or, or anything else. I don't do a whole lot of comparing. But the one thing that I would hope for here, and I'm going to underscore that word hope, is that we can have dialogue that's at a higher level than people who are basically – meaning talk show hosts, talk show callers, and so forth, that are engaging in not all that informed entertainment. Because that's what that is. There are very, very, very few talk show hosts, and if I were a talk show host, I wouldn't be any different, who actually cover the teams. They're not in the locker room. They're not talking to the coaches. They're not having off-the-record conversations with people inside the organization. Again, that's not even a shot. If I were a talk show host, if that were my wish, I'd be the same way because there's a lot of preparation and everything else that goes into those things. You don't have time to be running back and forth to uh, practices and press conferences, never mind traveling to games and all that other stuff that I do. Okay, I'm kind of the weirdo in this industry. By having the podcast while also being a writer. But I'd like to think that when we're having dialogue as it relates to this program, that we can go above the the, the silliness like this, that Tomlin is clinging his, his, how did you put it here? His claim to fame of no sub 500 seasons. That's talk show crap. It just is. It just is. This guy's accomplished a lot in life, whether you like him or not. He's accomplished a lot. I've been richly critical of him 
At times over the years, I've also praised when it's been warranted. But I'd never think anything at that level that, that he's sitting around going, oh, man, I really got to hang on to this no losing seasons thing. To what end? Can anybody explain that one? To what end? Do they think, does, does anybody who says that think to themselves, well, he's just not going to be considered one of the better coaches if he loses that little streak in a year where his previous quarterback went into retirement, the offensive line was a wreck and everything else. He's just all of a sudden going to be seen as a terrible coach. Uh, do they think that it's maybe related to the Hall of Fame? Does anybody really think that Tomlin's not getting into the hall? Does anybody really think that? His greatest critic, the most passionate cynics, do they think he's not getting into the hall and that's why he'd be clinging to his... This is what I mean. Like, let's let's talk about real things. You know, let's talk about... You know, there's so much stuff that's that's genuine and authentic, including criticisms. One of which you yourself levy there, Greg, and that is that he has had a weak coaching staff and he does prioritize. You said, yes, man, I'll, I'll word it differently. He does prioritize loyalty over innovation. He just does. That's the way he's wound up as a head coach. But then to take that to the most important thing on his mind, I mean, you just take your own own really good point or your own valid point and just flush it right down the commode with talk show crap. Again, Greg, I, I love you. You've communicated with me before. I value you listening here. I'm not one of those also, speaking of talk show hosts, that trashes the listeners or whatever. But I'd like to think that on your end, you would appreciate and respect if I'm being authentic as well, whenever I think something. And that's what I think when I hear stuff like the no losing seasons thing. It's absurd. It's beyond absurd. Let's talk about real stuff. He does need to branch out and get more innovative, maybe, hate to stereotype here, but younger coaches, especially when it comes to offense. Do you risk losing them in a year or two if they get really good? Because those are the guys that take head coaching jobs? Yes, absolutely you do. Is it worth it? Sure. If they take you where you want to go, it's absolutely worth it. So that's a conversation that in all likelihood would have to happen between the head coach and, of course, Art Rooney. I do appreciate the question, Greg. Don't be mad at me. I appreciate everybody who listens to Daily Shot of Steelers, and we will do another one of these tomorrow. 